Just a reminder, our sponsor, WeAudition.com, is really this extraordinary full-service platform for actors. You can put yourself on tape. You can get an acting coach. You can even just get somebody to read with you. It's really terrific. It's also really cheap. You sign up for like $10 a month. However, the good news is anybody who listens to our podcast gets a 25% discount by plugging in the code acting class. Anyway, I suggested you try it out because it's terrific. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. This will be our 51st podcast, which is, I know, really remarkable. I mean, we've, we've been here a year. We have now finished season two. And so this will be, after a couple of weeks break, the beginning of season three, which I find absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, it's been fun and been unusual. So, okay, so that's that. Of course, the most important event that has happened in our lives has been the interview with Oprah, Harry, and Meghan. There are a couple of things for us to learn from this. All of you, of course, are aware of the high point of Oprah Winfrey's career. Last year's nominee for Best Supporting Actress for the color purple, Miss Oprah Winfrey. And the winner is... It is a tie. The winners are Artie Shaw, Time Is All You've Got, Bridget Berman, producer, and Down and Out in America, Joseph Fury and Milton Justice. That would be me yelling. Okay. Now, there are some things that I want us to look at, and I've put them together for a while, and then I, I, I couldn't go on, but... I, I, first of all, I, I, she, I thought she was a really good interviewer. I, I had no idea she was that good. And what interested me is she is asking questions that are very valuable to ask the characters that we're working on. I think there is enormous, enormous value in the idea that we ask our characters' questions. I think it's such a smart way to access working on a character because it opens up so many areas for you. I mean, it opens up questions of the past. It opens up questions of behavior. Uh, Anyway, so I put together uh, a little bit of this I think what we really have got to clear up here is that you, Megan, are the one who manipulated, calculated this Megxit 
And you, when you came through that door, it seemed like you were like floating down the aisle. Were you even inside your body at that time? Everybody who gets married knows that you are really marrying the family too. Mm. But you weren't just marrying a family. You were marrying a 1,200-year-old institution. You're marrying the monarchy. What did you think it was going to be like? But you were certainly no. aware yeah. of the royals. Of course. And if you're going to marry a royal, then you would do research about what that would mean. Well, I didn't do any research about what that would mean. You didn't do any research? No. So you didn't have a conversation with yourself or talking to your friends or thinking about what it's like, what it would be like to marry a prince. You didn't give it a lot of thought. What you're sharing with us is that you... You were no more nervous than the regular person who goes to meet somebody's grandmother. You, it, you weren't that intimidated because it was yeah. the queen. Were you silent or were you silenced? You say the narrative with Kate, it didn't happen. Mm. So specifically, did you make Kate cry? No. So where did that come from? Was there a situation where she might have cried or she could have no, cried? No, So when I asked the question, why did you leave? The simplest answer is, did you blindside the queen? There is a level of control by fear that has existed for generations. I mean, generations but who's controlling generations. whom? Mm. It's the institution from... Our point of view, just the public, it's... Yeah, it's, but the institution survives based on that. On okay. That. All right. What do you notice about... I mean, to, to, to me, these are, these are all the kinds of questions that you want to ask the person you're playing. And Oprah has an interesting style, I think. What, what, what would you consider her style to be? I, it was interesting because I was watching for character traits, but I was also watching her as an interviewer. And I think it is, she's masterful. Um, because what do you, what, what do I, you think she does? What, what do you think she does? Because I, I honestly think there's a very good lesson for us in what she does when she interviews. She, she, she keeps going deeper and deeper into moments to make them real for us. And a great example of this was the part where Megan said that Kate made her cry. Um, and I just, it was very clear to me in that moment that yes, she has an agenda as an interviewer. She was trying to create great TV, but she also is really skilled in the way that she brings a, a moment or story down to earth. It's like she just she gently digs deeper and deeper. How does that happen? What does that look like? And it it, it almost allows the audience to fill in the empty spaces visually, and the story comes alive. She just keeps making it more and more human. And, and I like, think you're you're hitting on a really good thing, Walker, which is she is aware that first of all, there's a television audience. So in a sense, she's interviewing, knowing that we want to know something. And I think that's also true when we're working on acting. We are aware that we are asking questions of interest 
because uh, the audience is an element. And I know we are, we are answering questions for them. I think she keeps digging deeper. I think that's also good for us. I think it's also good for us to keep digging more. Yes, but why is that? Yes, but what's, what does that mean? Why, wh- what, what is going on with that? And to keep digging down, because listen, you know, what we're trying to get at the end of the day is brilliance as actors. I hate to say that. It's, it's like we don't want just to be functional. We don't want to just be okay. You know, we would really like to dig down. And I think the way Oprah keeps going at them, and yes, she knows there's an audience, all of that. But also, uh, she seems genuinely interested in the human being. Which I, I think that's also part of it. I think... As actors, we must genuinely be interested in the human being. I love Anderson Cooper, but the fact of the matter is, it's not just that he has an agenda, but you always feel that based in his questions, it's kind of a subtle attack. You could tell he worked for the CIA. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a little bit of you're hiding something as opposed to digging down a little bit further. And maybe our talent is in the questions we ask. Maybe our talent is not just the answers, but it's also in the questions. Anybody else thoughts? It made me think about, uh, I was taking this writing class, and one of the things that they were talking about is going for the blood. They were like, go for the blood. Like, you got to go to that thing that you don't want to talk about or you don't want to write about or you don't want to face. And I just felt, like, uncomfortable when Oprah was saying these questions because they were so, like Walker said, like, digging in. And and just, like, after the truth, which is two-sided, you know, she's not – she's really asking – She's I feel like she was trying to get at all the sides and angles and was aware of that theatrical moment which is another thing we talked about it's got to be good theater so even if you like provoke it and you're kind of being you know i don't know but she but she slides into it yeah i mean she slides into it It, it's like she doesn't start with so why did you leave she slides into it so when when were you first unhappy you know, what, what was the sort of thing that made you unhappy? And so it, it's like you're, you're able to move into it in a very, very accessible way. And, uh, and, and I think that's a key for us. And I think it's a key for us. We're, we're, you know, we're all plagued, and plagued is the right word, with... I want to ask a bigger question, or I want to ask the right question, or I have to get it right. I can really slide into it very, very slowly, so it's, it's comfortable for me. If we're asking questions to our characters, 
we are not overwhelming ourselves because we ask a question that is too big for us to answer at this moment. We can get to it, but at this moment, it's a little bit too big. What does anybody think about just any of the characters you all are working on? What goes through your mind as the kind of question that you, that you think you could ask and comfortably answer? There's a question I've been thinking about recently. Brian is a teacher, and it's one thing to know it. But now there's another thing to show or teach. And I was trying to think about if it's really cool to know the information, how do I share? And how would Brian share? And it's like a question I've been trying to. um, Does it hit you that 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 question may be too big, too big? It's extremely big. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's that's the issue. You know, to me, this is the issue. You cannot start by answering that question. What is a question you could start with? You can ask your question. In that particular instance, you could say, what's the first time you remember teaching anybody anything? You know, like, did you have a brother you taught how to tie his shoe? And so you can say, okay. I can I, I can answer the question when I first taught my brother how to tie a shoe. So that becomes a road into you have knowledge, how do you how do you share it with students? You you see you can't and, and that's my point. You can't start with when did you decide to leave the royal family? It's too big. <laughs> You can start with when you are. Does that make sense, Giancarlo? In other words, there are questions that you ask that are huge. You have to be able to sit back and say, I can't answer that yet. And no, that's okay. And build it in so that you layer in something that I can answer that's in the same ballpark. And I would also, and that's really important, Keep it in the same ballpark. So part of the talent is coming up with questions, figuring out what questions I can ask that are doable and which ones I need to get to. Somebody else? Another thought? Yes. um, But we have it a lot tougher as the actor with the interviewer and as a character with the interviewee. So... But which is good. Now you have to think two different ways as the actor and the character. So if. um... Yes, but also, and this is a, but it is a good point. They are your questions, which then makes it your signature of the part. Okay. And you and I both playing the same part um, are going to have different questions. And, and and but it's an important part of it. I am not asking what I think. I am asking what he thinks. It's almost like I'm sitting there and saying, "So what did you think?" 
when, you know, you saw Georgie Fairchild at that meeting? Well, part of me says, it's too big. It's too big for me to answer that question. I'm going to come up with another question that's on the road to that. So I'm going to say, so I'm going to ask the question, what do you think about competitors? Okay. Yeah, I can answer that question. As that character, I can answer the question, what do I think about competitors? Right? So it's, it's a matter, it's important I'm answering the questions. Listen, keep in mind, you know more about your character than your character knows about themselves. Your character does not know he's a theme. Your character does not know he is the voice of Arthur Miller. You know it. You know, it's a very, very strong philosophy of Arthur Miller's, and it's probably important for you to know it. You know, I have a lot of mixed feelings about academic information. I like it, but I also know it's not actable. But I like knowing it because it helps me, you know, sort of choose the cloud I'm under. Anybody else thoughts? Michelle, what are you thinking? Well, it's kind of interesting because what I have prepared today, you know, you you asked me what was it like for Deirdre when Beckett died, and it was too big. It was too big of a question for me to answer. So I, and I don't know how I'm going to frame this as a question, but I wanted to know what it was like for Deirdre to be in a circumstance with Beckett that was particularly devastating for him where he got emotional and she had to be with him as a human, but still be objective. But I don't know how to, how would I frame that question? Like that's a little too, maybe that's too big too. I don't know, but um, I don't know. Help me. <laughs> um, I mean, can you make it specific? When Beckett would get upset, what would you do? Mm-hmm. When he would shut down, what would you do? Is that good? <laughs> uh, yes, and maybe it will help. See if you can choose a specific incident. Yeah. I have one. Good. Yeah. They asked Oprah on CBS Today when Megan brought up about what color the skin would be on her child. And so on CBS Today, they said, was there anything that surprised you? And she said that did. And they said, was it because of the information or the fact that they told you? And that's what shocked her, that, that she told her. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, I mean, that's, that is that kind of interesting thing that Miss Winfrey has developed, is the looseness to be spontaneous <laughs> and to be that available as an interviewer. I thought that moment when they asked... Oprah about which part of it shocked her, right? The, 
that I thought that that was a very compassionate move on the person who was interviewing her on their part because she just said that she was shocked by that. But you had to understand that at face value, people could think that she was shocked by, oh, the royals are racist. But they gave her the opportunity to clarify what she was really shocked about. I agree. Because it was misread. So I thought that was really skillful. Yes. And that's really, it's a very good point. Look, that's what we want to get to. We want to get to a skillful methodology for asking ourselves questions. You know, to me, it has to do with relaxing and stopping worrying about getting it right. You know, it, it's just like, okay, I know, I, yeah, I believe that moment. You know, now what? What do I want to know? Look, the joy of all of this is we will, it's just like there's always something to build. You're building a human being. I think how complicated human beings are. So it's always helping you to ask more questions. It should be an assignment for actors to figure out how many questions they can ask because they all help you get to be human beings because you're building a human being. What's up, everybody? It's Walker Vreeland. And guess what? That was our 51st episode. None of us is really sure how that happened, but here we are, wrapping up our 51st episode and our second season. Now, normally we would cap the second season at episode 50, but we had one more episode we wanted to bring you. It happened to be culturally relevant because of the Meghan Markle Harry Prince Harry interview. <laughs> uh, so, yes, that does it for season two. So here's what that means. Just as we did at the end of our first season, we're going to take a brief hiatus and we will return in the spring. So we're going to talk to some of you. We're going to get some feedback. We're going to find out what you want more of, what you want less of, and then we will be back with season three in May. So just giving you the heads up, just so there's not a <laughs> podcast-wide panic on the <laughs> both of the coasts next Tuesday when there's no new podcast episode out. Fear not, we will be back with season three in May. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice, of course. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland. Director of online media is Evan Sollers. And music provided by Jeffrey Keezer Trio. Truly a fabulous group of musicians. Uh, this is from their album, On My Way to You. The track is May This Be Love. Oh, and of course, I Don't Need an Acting Class is brought to you by WeAudition.com, a full-service online platform for actors. If you sign up today, get 25% off when you use the code acting class. So that's our, that's our little gift to you. And um, one more thing. I just want to mention that, you know, we don't, obviously, it's a podcast, so we don't charge any money. We don't ask for donations. None of that. All we ask is that if 
uh, this podcast has benefited you in any way. If you have learned stuff, if it's inspired you, all we ask is that you write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do that and you mean it, we will just love you forever. I promise. All right. Well, uh, that's it for now. Until season three, uh, congrats on almost making it through the winter. Stay safe, stay warm, and we'll see you back here in May. 